What advice would Eve give her younger self? I want us to think about this question for just a few minutes. Um, You guys know the story of Adam and Eve, how the enemy came to them and uh, basically told them, uh, tempted them, and they gave in, and um, their world changed. Our world changed because of one decision. And so I just wonder, I wonder if Eve was here today, I wonder what older Eve would tell her younger self. What advice would younger Eve, older Eve, tell her younger self? If you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Whether you have your, um, your Bibles or your smart, smartphones or your tablets, please turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. By the way, Navarre, Gulf Breeze, I want to welcome you. Hope you guys are doing well today. And uh, man, we are, um, we're getting ready to dig into God's Word. And uh, if you're following us online, we're so glad that you're uh, part of Momentum. And uh, man, this is, this is not just a building, right? This is not just a church. This is a movement of Almighty God. Just a few weeks ago, we had over 1,800 people that we were able to reach out in the community. 1,800 people. We had, the second week, we had uh, 50 plus baptisms. Imagine that. Isn't that crazy? Man, I think you guys can do better than that. Navarre, I think you guys can do better than that. Over 50 plus baptisms at two public schools. Isn't that crazy? This is what is happening. It's not just, it, it, is, it is something incredible. It's a movement of God. This is not just a church. It's not just your average church. God is doing some incredible things. And uh, if you're here, this is your first time here with us, we want to welcome you. We want to let you know that we've been expecting you. Many of us got up early this morning to set up this place for you. And we've been praying for this very moment right now, for this specific moment we've been praying for you. We believe that you're here, not by coincidence. We think that we just, it just happened to be that you just happened to show up. We believe that God brought you here. and He has a specific message for you, specific um, reason for you to be here. And so we're asking this question, what advice would you give your younger self? And I thought it would be fun to uh, find out what a celebrity, what somebody famous would say. Okay, so let's put up um, the first picture here on the screen. Do you guys, can you tell who this person is? Can you guys tell who that is? Tiger Woods. Navar, do you know who this is? Tiger Woods, yeah. Listen to what he says. I found a quote from him. This is what he says. Dear me, no matter how good you get, you can always get better, and that's the exciting thing. You know, when I read that quote, I thought, man, that's incredible. That's why he's so good at it. I love that drive. Dear me, no matter, no matter how good you can get, you can always get better. And that's the exciting part. And that's why he's so good at golf. How about this guy? Do, you, do any of you guys recognize this next guy? William Shatner. Remember the old Captain Kirk, the original Star Trek? Listen to what he says. I love, I love what he says. This is a little bit of a longer quote. He says, Dear Billy, will you remember your lines? Obviously, this is become, before he became famous. Will you faint in front of the audience? Will you survive the head-pounding blows by defensive football players 100 pounds heavier than you? Will that girl ever put her arms around you and tell you that she loves you? Well, let me tell you, it all works out. Now listen to this. The girl finally tells you that she loves you. 
the stage awaits you and it's your form. And I'm sorry to tell you, but football is not your calling. My advice, I love what he says. My advice is this. Enjoy those feelings of inadequacy. I think a lot of us would say that to our younger selves, right? Enjoy those feelings of inadequacy. Live in your youth because it passes too quickly. Don't let up. Things happen. The good, the bad, the dull, and exciting. Survive, struggle, and keep the love strong in your heart. Man, I think there's a lot of wisdom in there. All right, one more, one more. You guys, um, I love this one right here. I think this was a classic one. Dear me, this is Bill Gates, of course. Dear me, I can understand wanting to have a million dollars. But once you get beyond that, I have to tell you, it's the same burger. It's the same burger. I love that. You know, there's, um, there's so much wisdom in that. You know, I've learned that smart people learn from other people's mistakes. Smart people learn from other people's experiences. Now, really, really, really smart people learn from other people's mistakes and other people's experiences. You know, not just their own mistakes, not just their own experiences. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to take a look at, you know, God gives us some insight as to what Eve went through. Okay? This is, this is a person that went through a very unique set of circumstances. A very, she experienced excruciating pain. I want you to think about it for a minute. She experienced failure and defeat at the greatest level. I don't know that anybody has experienced defeat and failure like, like she did. And so um, we're going we're gonna to take a look at what Eve would tell her younger self. So if you, have, um, if you would like to, I want to encourage you to take some notes. And uh, it's been proven that when you write some notes down, you'll remember the information a whole lot better. It'll, you'll retain it a whole lot better. And so um, you really get um, out of the message what you put into it. So here's, here's the first thing that I wrote down. Guard yourself. I think this is what Eve would tell her younger self. She would say, guard yourself against the dissatisfaction of what God has given you. Let me say that again. Guard yourself... I want you to think about this for a minute. Guard yourself against the dissatisfaction of what, of what God has given you. Have you ever been there where you feel like, oh, man, and, you, and you, you find yourself complaining over this, this happened, that happened, and you're like, oh, you're just down, you're dissatisfied? I think Eve would have told her younger self, you, you guard yourself against that. Uh, listen to what God says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. I want you to see... For a minute, I want you to see all of the things that God gave Eve. Verse 1, verse 4 actually, chapter 2, verse 4, he says this, When the Lord God made the heaven, the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the land. Now that's important, and uh, you'll see why here in a minute, but imagine the earth with no vegetation. I wonder what that would have looked like. No trees, no forest, no plants. And it says, the next verse, it says, For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there were no people for there, there were no people to cultivate the soil. I found it interesting that, you know, God has put all of those things in place for us. The, the forests and the trees and plants and vegetation, all of those things are there for our benefit. So we can enjoy them, so that we can work the ground, so we can eat from it. Instead... Springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. And then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground 
And he, he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became, let's say that, the last two words, let's say them together. And the man became a what? A living person. That's huge. When God created Adam and Eve, he didn't just create a machine. He didn't create, I mean, it was, it was, he gave us, he gave Adam and Eve their own thoughts. I want you to think about this for a moment. It wasn't like God was controlling what they were thinking. He, he made them with emotions. A lot of times we struggle with our emotions. Well, God, we're emotional beings. God has given us those emotions. He told them that they would, uh, they would look over the earth. They would rule over the earth. Um, they would even choose to love him or not love him. In fact, if you back up to, um, to Genesis chapter 1, I'm told that in the Hebrew language, that first chapter that talks about creation, there's a little bit of rhythm in the language, in the Hebrew language. It, like, like the Bible says that God would create something, and, and then the Bible says he saw it, and it was good. Everything that he would create, he would see it, and he said it was good. Like, for example, in verse 3, the Bible says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God, God saw that the light was good. And verse after verse, he says that. He created the land, and God saw that it was, help me out, it was good. He created the oceans, and God saw that it was you can do better than that. God, saw the an- God created the animals and God saw that it was much better. Good job. God created the sun and the moon and the stars and he saw it and it was good. And then the rhythm changes when he creates man. And God saw what he had created and he said, does anybody know? And it was very good. The rhythm changes, I believe, because it was something special. He didn't just create the galaxies, which is pretty cool. He didn't just create the animals. He created a human being with their own thought, their own will, their own ability to love him or not love him. You know, like if I, for example, let me, let me kind of illustrate it like this. If I send you to the hospital, if I say, I would like for you to take a gift to someone that comes to Momentum, they're in the hospital and they're in this room, and, um, and then right after the gathering, you go, you get in your car, and, uh, and you head to, towards the hospital. You know, I can't control how fast you're going to go. I can't control um, which roads you're going to take. I can't control if you're going to stop for gas or to eat or something. You know, I can't control all of those things. And if I did, if I control the speed and the roads and the way you were going to go, and if you're going to stop for gas or not, then I would be the one driving, Right? In the same way, Eve, God gave Eve this ability to be satisfied with her creator. It was a gift. And when he created her, and we created Adam and Eve, both of them, he said, you're going to have your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own will. Now, it wasn't just a free will that he gave them. He gave them so much more. He gave them the ability to rule over the earth, to look over the earth, to name the animals. Think about that. What would that, how would you categorize that? I guess that would be work right? That would be uh, purpose. Uh, then he put him in a special place, a beautiful place, uh, a garden. We'll look at that verse next. Um, so, so he gives him a free will, which is choice. He gives him the ability to rule over the earth. That's work, influence, purpose. Uh, he gives him a beautiful garden. That's stability. Now imagine if God gives you a beautiful home, a great place to work at, 
Uh, he gives you financially, you know, he puts you on, a, on, on the rock. I mean, you're financially stable. What? Man, you'll be like, well, I don't need anything else. I'm good. It says, verse 8, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made, specially made for him. Now watch this. Then the Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground. I never picked up on that. He made all, a bunch of trees grow up. Up to this point, you know, it says that there was no vegetation, there was no trees, there was nothing. And then God puts man in this special place. And he says he purposely made some trees grow up. And look what it says. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit just for them. They had a free will. They had choice. They had a purpose. They had work. They had stability. But it wasn't enough. God had also put a tree in the middle, middle of the garden. It was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, of this one, you cannot have the fruit of this one. You can have, the fruit, you can have anything else you want, but not this one. And so Eve and Adam and Eve, they began to focus on the one thing that they could not. There were thousands, probably thousands, hundreds of fruits that they could have. But they began to focus on the one they could not have. I guess it's kind of like, like this video. Let's, let's cue that up if you guys don't mind. Let's, I want you to watch this for, for a minute. I guess it, this is how they felt. <laughs> Where'd you get the trash bin? Why should it be like this? I don't know. It's not fair. Yeah, I know. There's nothing that we can do. I don't want to be like this. Me neither. 
I wish I was like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. Sorry to take so long, dear. Are you ready to go now? So, so could it be, could it be that maybe what God is saying to us today is guard yourself against that dissatisfaction. Guard yourself. Don't focus on the one thing that you don't. Man, God has given, I think all of us could come up with hundreds of things that we, sh- that we could be thankful for. And we could look to God and we could say, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my health. Thank you for that home. Thank you for my, my job. Thank you for even for the struggles that sometimes I have to go through. Thank you, God. So guard yourself against, against the dissatisfaction of the things that God has given you. Here's the, thing, the second thing I wrote down that I think Eve would tell her younger self. Guard yourself against the curiosity of the unknown. Guard yourself against the curiosity of the unknown. That, I think that's the what if of life, right? Have you ever, have you ever asked the what if? Man, what if I had more money? What if I won the lottery? Have you ever played that game? Have you ever thought that in your mind? It's like you see the billboard, $382 million, and you're, you begin to daydream. Man, what if I won the lottery? Well, about half of it will be taken up, up on taxes, but it's, I, could, I could live the rest of my life with $150 million. I can handle that. Have you ever asked yourself that? What if? What if I had that? What if, what if I had, what if I could purchase that? What if I could drive that car? What if I could have that purse? What if I had that girl, that, what if I could live in that house? So going back to Genesis, God puts this tree in the middle of the garden. He says, you can't have that one. You can have everything else, but you can't have that one. And then you fast forward into Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, and the Bible says, so, I've never seen this. The Bible says that, that Eve, in Genesis 3, 6, it says that Eve was convinced. She was convinced that this tree was amazing. She, she looked at that tree day in and day out, and she, the Bible says that she was convinced that it was beautiful and that the, the fruit was amazing, and she hadn't had it yet. She had not taken a, a bite of that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She had not done that. And yet in her mind, she, was con- she had already convinced herself. She was so curious that she was doing everything she could do to make her, her she knew what God had said. He said, if you take a bite of that, if you take a bite of the fruit, you will surely die. That's what God had said. But in her mind, in verse 6, in chapter 3, it says she was convinced that the tree was beautiful and the, that the fruit was incredible. And she wanted, the Bible says that she wanted the wisdom that this fruit would provide for her. And she had not had a bite yet. You know, I think that's our human nature, right? We're just curious people. Like if I said, whatever you do here today, 
In Navarre, whatever you do, do not look behind you, okay? We have a great surprise, okay? But don't, please don't turn, don't look back. Whatever you do, I'm, it's at the end of the gathering. We're going to bring something incredible. It's right there. Do not look behind. What's the natural inclination? We're like, man, Pastor Alex, my neck, my neck, you know, right? That's, that's who we are. We're, we're curious. I want you to see this verse. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful verse in Deuteronomy uh, verse uh, 29, 29, it says this. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. Uh, I want you to listen to this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Can we say that together? Can we say it all in unison? Let's, let's, on the count of three, ready? The, the first sentence, the part that it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Let's all say it together. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. You know, there are some things that God has not told us about. There's a lot of things that he's told us in his word, right? For the things that he's given us, the things that he's revealed, he says, obey me for those things. But there's things that he said, you know what? You're not ready for that. And for those, we need to trust him. So in my life, I know that, there are, that I need to focus on the things that he's given me. And I need to do my very best to have faith and obey him for those things. But then, then I, I know that there's things that are going to happen that I'm like, man, God, why did that happen? Why did that person have to go through that? Why do I have to do this? Why do, and God says, no, no, just trust me. Just trust me with those. You know, the, the funny thing is the enemy... The enemy knows how curious we are, and he uses that against us. In fact, there's a verse in, um, in James, James 1, 4, 14, that says that the enemy, basically, he loves to entice us. What the enemy likes to do is he loves to drag us away from God's best. It's, it's a fishing term. It's a, a hunting term. And so what he says is, he says, you know what, what I love to do is I love to get you, I love, I love to get you away, okay, which is what you do to, to a fish when you're fishing, right? You're wanting that fish to, you're trying to retreat, to, to retrieve that, that fish from its place of safety. And so what God says, or what, what the Bible says, is that the enemy loves to entice us, okay? Now, the enemy's smart, right? He knows that Man, you're not going to give in to a, that hook. That hook doesn't really look, doesn't look appealing at all. You know, so he, in, in his mind, he says, you know what? I'm going to cover it up, okay? I'm going to, so I, I brought, you know, they're not going for the, just a plain hook, so I'm going to cover it up with some worms. And I, I brought some worms here, some, um, some gummy worms. And so what the enemy does is the enemy says, well, you know what? I'm going to cover this thing up so they can't tell, all right? And then, and then he'll, essentially, he'll put this right in front of us. There we go. Can you tell I'm not a fisherman? <laughs> so he'll, he'll put it right in front of us and say, oh, come on. I know you want it. Come on. I know you, man, you're going to love this thing right here that I have. Man, these are awesome gummy worms, the best in town, right? And, so, and, and then what happens is sometimes we, we'll go, we'll take a bite, right? And what happens? Man, the fight is on. And then you're, you're wondering, man, God, why, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? Why is that, why is that person going? Well, the reason why is because the enemy's got you hooked. 
Now, every once in a while, we're smarter, right? And we say, man, I'm not going for that. Oops, I don't need, a, I don't need no, no worms. I'm, I'm, I know better. I know that looks good, but I'm not, I'm not going to go for that. I know, I know that, with the, that you know, that's, that's the enemy has actually put that in place for me. What, does, what, what happens when, when, um, when we recognize that the attack is from the enemy? Does he give up? Man, when Satan came to Jesus and he tempted him, and Jesus basically said, man, you know, he, he resisted temptation. What does the Bible say that the enemy did? It says he left for a better time, but he knew that he, he had to come back. And he'll do that to you and to me. So he'll say, you know what? Okay, I guess you're not, you're not really going for worm. I'm going to, let's see. I got a $100 bill. All right, let's see if this, let's, let's see if this is a little bit better. Okay, let's see. All right, so, okay, now, now let's, let's try money. Okay, how is that, Kyle? That's, that's getting pretty close to you, right? You know, come on, I know you want it. So the enemy goes like, man, that is so close. I'm almost there, you know? And, and, and then he'll, put a, he'll dangle it right in front of you. That's what the enemy does. A $100 bill, you know, if you come, if you follow me, if you follow me, I'll show you where you can get more of this. You know, I don't even know why you're here. You know, you're losing money by being here. I mean, what are you doing being here? And he says, man, that doesn't work. All right, let me try something else. And then, and then he'll say, you know what? Money's not working. I'm going to try. Let's try sex. Uh, sex doesn't work. Let me try pride. That doesn't work. Let me try something else. Look at what the Bible says about Eve. Let's put up the next verse. It says, but I've, I fear 2 Corinthians, if we can get to 2 Corinthians But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ, 2 Corinthians 11, um, but I fear that this is the Apostle Paul speaking, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Let me read that one more time. But I fear, this is what the Apostle Paul is telling to the church at Corinth. He says, I fear that somehow you're pure, a good thing, your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. How? Just like Eve. Just how she was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. So I think, I think Eve would tell her younger self, I think she would say, guard yourself against the curiosity of the unknown, those things that the what if of life, man, all of us, right? All of us do it from time to time. Man, I wish, what if I had that? What if I had this? What if I could do that? But we're smarter and we need to learn to recognize that what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to take us away, pull us away from God's best. One, one last one and we'll close. Guard yourself. I think older Eve would, to, would, would have told herself, Younger Eve, she would have said this, guard yourself against the lie of self-dependency. Guard yourself against the lie of self. There's no such thing as, as being totally self-dependent. I'm just on my own. I can do whatever I want. I think older Eve would have looked at younger Eve and she would have said, you're going to make some mistakes in your life. 
You know, I know that right now you're used to perfection because God put them in a perfect world, right? I know that right now things are great. I know that right now, man, everything's looking good. But there will be one day when you're going to have to rely on something that's called God's grace. And that, you probably don't even know that word grace yet. But one day, Eve, you're going to make some mistakes and you're going to have to rely on God's grace. Because one day there will be sickness in this world and there will be death. There, there will be, in the, when the Bible mentions that word death, what it means is separation. When God says, you will surely die, what he was saying is, you're going to be separated. So there was death. There was physical death, your spirit separated. Eternal death, your spirit being, uh, excuse me, physical death, your, your uh, spirit being separated from your body. Eternal death, heaven and hell. There's relational death, which is separation. That when they disobeyed God, their, their fellowship with God was broken. I think older Eve would have looked at younger Eve and she would have said, you know what? Not everything's going to be perfect, but I promise you, promise you, if you hang on to your creator, if you hang on to, it's going to be a wild ride, but if you hang on to your maker, I promise you, it'll be okay. And I think Eve, I think she learned some things from her mistakes. And um, in Genesis 4, verse 1, the Bible gives us the last thing that Eve says, the last ever recorded um, last words ever recorded by Eve, and it says this, verse, um, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, watch this, she, and she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. I want you to think about this for a moment. Cain was the very first person that was ever born. Up to that point, this hadn't happened, Okay? And so this was, everything about this was new, okay? So Eve, both Adam and Eve, you know, they go through nine months of, I mean, for Eve, it was like the whole pregnancy thing, right? Morning sickness. She had no idea what that was, right? Her, her belly growing, stretch marks. Imagine that for a moment. For nine months, I mean, there's already sickness in the earth, and there, she's, you know, imagine her fears, her fear of the unknown, Imagine everything that, that was going, there was no medicine, there's no epidural, there's none of that, no knowledge, nobody had ever given birth. She could, have, she could have gotten to this point after she gave birth to Cain, and she could have said, man, look at me, wow, look at what I've done, I have, I have given birth, I have created a human being. Right? She could have said that. She could have said, man, not even Adam has done that. This was me. Look, and she could have had her 15 seconds of fame. But no, she had learned from her, her mistakes. And she said, what did she say? With the help of, help me out, the Lord. Let's say it one more time. With the help of the Lord. I love those words. One last time. Let's say it all together. With the help of the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What are you going through today? You need to say, with the help of the Lord. Is it a relationship? Maybe you need to say, man, with, I, 
I cannot endure this right now. I need God's help, God's help for my life. Is it, is it uh, could be a health issue, a sickness in your life, or a relative, a son, daughter? He's like, there's no way I can make it through this season of my life. I need, I need some major help. Maybe it's a job and things are not, not going well and you're struggling and you're wondering, God, what am I going to do with this? I need your help. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's your emotions. Man, they're all over the place. And you're wondering, God, what, how am I going to, how am I going to get through, through everything that I'm going through? You know, the beauty of the gospel is that from Genesis, from that very first mistake, God offered grace. In Genesis 3.16, I believe he says, 3.14, he says, there will be a day when you can, will be able to rely on your Savior, on your Creator. There will be a day when... Um, when you'll be able to say, you know what, all of my baggage, all of my issues, all of my stress, I can put it aside and God can step in and help me. So if you're here today and, and maybe you're, you're just kind of checking things, things out and you're wondering, man, what is, what is this whole thing about? Well, let me tell you, momentum is not about religion. Momentum is not about, um, in fact, you... You'll hear Pastor Tim from time to time, from time to time, say, "Man, we we hate religion around here. It's all about a relationship." So, if you're here today, we want to give you an opportunity to step over the line of faith, to say, "You know what? I want that God. I want that God who offered grace. Right, right. He he, he told them, said, you will surely die.'" And they, they went ahead and they rebelled and they disobeyed God like many of us do, right? All of us do. From time to time, man, we go the, the wrong direction. But immediately God offered grace. So maybe this is your day. Maybe God's saying to you, you know what? It's, it's over. It's done. Leave the past behind. Take a step in the right direction. Give yourself to God. And what we want to do this morning is give you an opportunity to take that step. So would you pray with me? Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you've been doing church for, for a long time and you're tired of playing the game. Wherever you're at, if you want to make a decision for Christ in your heart, would you, would you pray this prayer? We usually tell our church, you know, we, Pastor Tim usually says, you know, the prayer doesn't save you. It's the attitude of your heart. So God, what is God saying to you today? If he's saying yes, don't say no to him. So we're going to pray a prayer. It's a short, short prayer. You know, the words don't even matter that much. What matters is what you're saying to him. Would, would you pray it out loud with me so we can encourage those that are going to be praying it for the first time? Dear God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give my heart to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if it is the first time that you're taking that step towards Him, 
on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to throw rocks at you. We're here. We got up early in this morning to set this place up for you. There are people praying right now for you. So if you pray that prayer for the first time, on the count of three, would you be brave enough to just lift up your hand? We have a Bible for you. We just want to clap and cheer and get excited. So would you do that on the count of three? Would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Anybody? I see that hand over there. Come on, church. You can get excited. See those hands. Anybody else? I'm so proud of you. So proud of you guys. On, on, on your way out, I would love for you guys to see Alan. Alan is going to help you through the next steps. Basically, it's just a way for, for us to, to tell you what the next step is as a believer in Christ. We're so proud of you guys. Best decision. You guys give him a hand one more time. Thanks, Pastor Alex. Give it up one more time for Pastor Alex.